This is the One Verse Podcast, where we liberate scripture from religion one verse at a time. Welcome to the One Verse Podcast. I'm your teacher, Jeremy Myers. We're looking at Jonah 2, verse 4 today. I've entitled this podcast episode, To Obey is Better Than Sacrifice. Hey, listen, in uh, previous podcast episodes, I've mentioned, I've invited you to join my online discipleship group. I think I've mentioned quite frequently in the past that I have three different groups, Faith, Hope, and Love. Uh, And thank you for those of you who have joined me there. But you might have noticed in the last week or two, I changed things around. I added another level or group, discipleship group. Uh, for people who want to contact me by phone or by Skype or something uh, every month. So that's a new level. And the thing is, in order to add that, I sort of had to shuffle the groups around. So what I actually did is is change the names of the free level. Uh, the free level used to be faith, the faith level, but now it's grace. <laughs> you know, because grace is free. And uh, so I still have faith, hope, and love, but those are all sort of the, uh, the levels that allow you to help support my ministry financially, uh, monthly or annual gift, something like that. Uh, anyway, so don't be confused. And I don't know, maybe, maybe my explanation here is confusing to you anyway. Uh, if you were part of the faith group, the free group before, don't worry, you're not going to be charged now. It's just you got uh, switched over to the grace group, the uh, free grace one. And uh, so everybody else, if you were part of the love, you're now part of the hope. And if you were part of the hope, you're now part of the faith. Anyway, hopefully that's not confusing. If you're not part of a discipleship group, though, you can go and learn more about it. See what uh, is available to you, online courses, email training, all sorts of things. Just by visiting redeeminggod.com slash join. Redeeminggod.com slash join. And uh, you can learn about the various groups there. Pick which one is right for you. All right. With that in mind... Let's turn to our study of the book of Jonah as we look at Jonah 2, verse 4. All right, so I mentioned in previous podcast episodes that uh, the prayer of Jonah sort of forms a chiastic structure. Hopefully you remember what that means. Basically, it's sort of uh, an outline Uh, literary outline where the main point is the center point. Uh, It it works its way into the main point, and then it works its way back out. And so that's the case with Jonah's prayer here in chapter 2. And verse 4 is the main or center point of the chiasm, and uh, therefore is the the central point, the central point. And it's in this verse that, that Jonah basically expresses uh, it's sort of a turning point, I suppose, in, in Jonah's perspective, about God's treatment of him. Now, we're sort of going to discuss today, Jonah believes that God has been treating him unjustly, uh, wrongly. And so Jonah sort of takes a little bit of credit for how God is going to treat him better in the future. Jonah basically says, God, you were treating me unjustly. But I promised to worship you. I promised to praise you in your temple. And so now you have delivered me. You have rescued me from drowning. All right. Jonah believes that God changed his mind about drowning Jonah in the sea. Remember, we looked at that last week. Uh, Jonah believed he was going to drown, which would have indicated his rejection by God. 
And now Jonah was swallowed by this fish, and that's preferable to him. He prefers to drown by, or not drown, he prefers to die by digestion <laughs> rather than by drowning. Uh, he still thinks he's going to die. He, he, he still believes he's going to die in the belly of that fish. But again, from an ancient Hebrew perspective, from Jonah's perspective, their theology and what they believed about the ocean and the sea and how it was the realm of chaos and how it was separation from God and all of that, okay, uh, Jonah preferred to die by digestion rather than by drowning. Because that, mean that he had, means that he had not been completely rejected by God. All right, and so what we're seeing is Jonah believes that the reason... God rescued Jonah from drowning and caused him to be swallowed by this great fish instead is because Jonah prayed to God. God changed his mind and sent this fish to swallow Jonah instead of letting Jonah down because just as Jonah was about to drown in the depths of the sea, he sent out one last prayer to God. God heard, God responded, and now Jonah has been delivered. So Jonah takes sort of credit for what's going on here. Uh, and we might think, you might say, well, what, what prayer did Jonah pray from the depths of the sea to, to have God rescue and deliver him? Well, you, know, you might think it might be a prayer of repentance, a prayer of confession, a prayer of sorrow, sort of a prayer of, God, if you rescue me, I will do what you want, and I will go to Nineveh and preach against them the way you wanted me to. You might think that would be the prayer that Jonah prayed from the depths of the sea, which caused God to deliver him. But no, <laughs> the prayer which Jonah uttered from the depths of the sea as he, as he was drowning contains no mention of repentance or confession. It's not the, you know, foxhole type of prayer. God, deliver me from here and I will do whatever you want. No, <laughs> uh, it's nothing like that. There's no promise from Jonah to obey God if God rescues him from drowning. It's, it's, it's amazing. It's shocking. In the face of death, Jonah still has no desire to obey God and do what God said. In, in fact, sort of as we go through here, Jonah almost compares or contrasts himself to God. He, Jonah almost says, almost implies that his actions are more righteous than God's actions in, the, in this situation. All right, and we also see in verse 4 this hint of Jonah that he would rather die than do what God wants in going to Nineveh. All right, and all of that is in, in this pious-sounding prayer of, of verse 4 and, and the surrounding verses as well. So uh, what does Jonah pray? Uh, well, he, he believes... Uh, it's there, it's there, there in verse 4. Let me just read it. He says, I am cast out from your sight. Uh, yet I will look again towards your holy temple. All right, so this first phrase here, I will cast out, it could be also translated as driven away. And so uh, that's from the Hebrew here. And so, so the ironic thing about Jonah's prayer here, I have been cast out or I have been driven away, is that Jonah wasn't driven away <laughs> from God. Uh, Jonah ran away. <laughs> God told Jonah to go to Nineveh and Jonah got up and went the opposite direction. He went to the edge of the known world, the end of the world. He went as far away from Nineveh as he could possibly get. And so he's not cast out from God. He's not driven away from God. Uh, he ran away. He left. He, he, he went in the opposite direction. Uh, the thing is, is probably what's going on here is 
Jonah believes that God gave him no choice. In Jonah's thinking, Jonah was forced by God to run away. So, so from Jonah's perspective, he is speaking truthfully here. Jonah didn't feel he had a choice. Uh, Jonah sort of sees himself as the victim here. God wanted me, as this popular prophet in Israel, to, to put my entire career on the line, my entire reputation, and go and preach judgment against the Ninevites, to go and be with them and, and preach against them. And, all, and we're saying, well, what's wrong with that? Remember, we don't know the rest of the story. And so Jonah feels he didn't have a choice. He had to run away. And that's why he's saying he was cast out. He was driven away. Jonah sees himself as the victim here. Let's put it that way. And he blames God for everything that has gone wrong. Uh, so, so Jonah, he continues to, to maintain his own innocence, uh, even in the face of God's righteous discipline. We'll, we'll see more of this in future verses as well, especially as we get into chapter 3 and chapter 4. But... Um, Notice the, the, the second part of this first half of the verse. Jonah says he, he believes he was cast out or driven away from God's sight. Now, again, I want to emphasize here, Jonah's a good theologian. He knows the scriptures. He knows that there is nowhere he can go in the highest heavens or the lowest depths that is away from God's presence, away from God's sight. He, he knows that there is no place he can go where God cannot see him. All right, There's lots of verses in the Psalms that teach this. Uh, and so Jonah would have definitely been aware of those, and he knows that there's no place that he can be cast out from God's sight, that, that God can no longer see him. So what, what Jonah is saying here is, he, again, he's talking about being in, in God's favor. To be in God's sight means to be in God's favor. It goes back to this whole honor-shame culture that Jonah lived in, that um, all the Hebrew people lived in at that time. Uh, you even see it in the Middle East and in many Asian countries today. This whole idea of honor, shame, or respect and disrespect. Okay, so that's what's, that's what's uh, to be in God's sight sort of means to be in God's presence, which would mean to be uh, in God's favor. That's, that's the idea here. All right, so uh, what, what, this is what is flashing through Jonah's mind as he sunk beneath the waves and got carried toward a watery grave. All right, he's not repenting. He's not telling God, I'm sorry for, for what he did, for disobeying God. Instead, what Jonah is doing is he's expressing shock, you know, outrage, a little self-righteous indignation that, that God has withdrawn his favor from him. Okay? Remember, Jonah was this popular prophet, this successful prophet of God in Israel. He, he was the leading prophet among the people of God at that time. And Jonah assumed that, you know, he had God's ear, that he was in God's grace and God's favor. And so there would be nothing that Jonah could do to lose that. You know, and Jonah was viewed himself as better than these unrighteous, wicked pagans, than the sailors on the boat, than the Ninevites over in the city of the Syrians over in the city of Nineveh. All right. And, and, and so when God gave Jonah this impossible task, which we still wonder, why would he do this? Why would Jonah run? Why did Jonah not want to do this? Okay, well, we'll get to that. Jonah had to go the opposite direction, and so he blames God. Jonah blames God for what Jonah had to do, and then he blames God for withdrawing his favor, casting him out from his sight, driving him away, giving him no choice. And so, this last half of verse 4, as Jonah sunk in the depths of the sea and his lungs filled with water, we sort of do have this one last little 
prayer Jonah utters. Uh, he, he expresses one last wish. His dying wish is that he could look again towards God's holy temple. All right, and Basically what Jonah is saying is that he wants to return one last time to the temple. All right, now, you might think that Jonah is referring here primarily to the temple in Jerusalem, but uh, that is not probably what Jonah has in mind. We'll see this more in verse 7 when we get there, that uh, Jonah really has in mind God's holy temple in the heavenly places, in, in the heavenly uh, world, heavenly God's realm sort of thing. The, the temple in Jerusalem was viewed just as a, an image or a physical, earthly representation of the temple, the heavenly temple. And so, so that's really what Jonah has in mind. He, he wishes that he could be worship God in his holy temple. Um, but the thing is, also, related to this, uh, it's sort of ironic that Jonah desires to look upon the holy temple when what God wants from Jonah is to look upon the city of Nineveh, Right? God God told Jonah, go to Nineveh, and now Jonah, as his dying wish, his last, not even his breath, the, the prayer that flashes through his mind as he as he's drowning is that he doesn't want to go to Nineveh. He wants to look again upon God's holy temple. <laughs> uh, he seeks to return to the temple, to look upon the temple and worship God in the sanctuary, rather than do what God actually wanted which was to go to Nineveh. I, I, some, I sometimes wonder if maybe there's an allusion here, and this is where I got the title of today's podcast episode, to uh, 1 Samuel 15.22, which reads, Has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to heed is better than the fat of rams. God doesn't really want Jonah to come and worship him in his holy temple. And we're going to see later, or to offer sacrifices and offerings. What does God want from Jonah? He wants him to obey, (laughs) to do what he said. Okay, so, you know, Jonah's sinking into the sea here. And as his last thought, his last gasping breath, as water fills his lungs, says, oh, I wish I could worship God. What's God thinking? Oh, Jonah, I wish you would obey me, for that is true worship. All right? And, 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 you know, this is why, and Jonah, again, Jonah thinks that because of his prayer, I wish I could worship God, Jonah thinks that that is why God sent the fish to swallow him. Jonah, he, he sort of takes credit for his own deliverance here. Because I prayed Because I expressed my desire to go and worship God in his temple, that is why God sent this fish to swallow me. Remember, if he had drowned in the depths of the sea, this would have been evidence to Jonah that he had been rejected by God. And therefore, he would not have been able to worship God in his holy temple in heavenly places. But now, in response to Jonah's prayer, God sent this fish, so Jonah is happy Oh, I'm going to die here. I'm going to get digested in this fish. But that's okay, because it shows that in response to my prayer, God heard my prayer. God sent this fish to deliver me. And when I die, yeah, it'd be horrible to die down here. But when I die, at least I will be able to worship God in his holy temple. Now, he doesn't know what's coming for him. and <laughs> He's about to be spewed up, vomited up by this fish at the end of chapter 2. But 
But, uh, you know, it just, again, once again, shows Jonah's heart. He has no interest in obeying God. Instead, he wants to worship God. And just as I close out today's podcast episode, you know, I I want you to think about your own worship of God. I, I don't know what your tradition is, what your weekly practice is. I don't know what your prayer life looks like or your worship life looks like. But I sometimes think that we Christians, we go to great lengths to worship God so that we can avoid obeying God. You know, we sometimes go to church so that we can sing songs and listen to sermons just so that we don't have to go help our neighbor move or work in their backyard or maybe do something for a coworker or for a family member that God is really calling us to do. Oh no, I can't do that because I got to go to church and worship God. And I, I feel sometimes that maybe, just maybe, that attitude is the same attitude Jonah is revealing here. Look, I, I don't know what God might be calling you to do, but I, I just... I just want to invite you to start rethinking what it means to worship God. Maybe, just maybe, true worship of God is not done with lifted hands and singing voices, taking notes of the pastor's sermon, sharing prayer requests, prayer meeting. Maybe true worship of God is done with acts of service and love and obedience, compassion, Mercy, tenderness to neighbors, family members, co-workers. Maybe sometimes we allow our holy worship of God, right, in the church building to get in the way of actually following God. I, I think sometimes we Christians prefer to worship God in church rather than follow Jesus into the world. I, I know that's convicting, but... But look, I believe God wants to reveal himself through you to the world. And it might not be with, you know, loud singing, eloquent sermons, long prayers, but maybe through tangible acts of love and service. True Christian service takes place in our neighborhoods and our workplaces, not in the padded pews of a church building. We love others. Not by what we say, but by what we do. Do you want to worship God? Wonderful. It may not be taking place primarily on Sunday morning at your church service or by the words that come out of your mouth. It may be taking place by how you live your life, the actions you perform towards those God wants you to love and serve. That's what we see here in Jonah. God wants Jonah to go to Nineveh. Jonah just wants to worship God. And we're seeing through this story that true worship of God is if Jonah had simply gone where God wanted him to go. Look, if you want to read more about this, I wrote about this in my book, Put Service Back Into the Church Service. You can get it on Amazon. I don't know what the price is, $2.99, something like that. Um, And I also talk about all these sorts of things in some of my online courses, 
and uh, email training that is available to people in the discipleship group of redeeminggod.com. So again, I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, you want to learn more about these sorts of things, be challenged, invited, uh, instructed, uh, encouraged to follow Jesus into the world. Well, uh, just go to redeeminggod.com slash join, and you can pick which discipleship group is best for you. I can't wait to see you there. And uh, more importantly, as you go from here, as you stop listening to this, Tell God, invite God, that you want to worship Him by serving others, okay, as He wants. So thanks for listening today. Uh, Next week, I'm going to try to cover two verses, verses 5 and 6, get through chapter 2 a little bit quicker, hopefully. And uh, thank you for listening today. We'll see you next week as we pick back up in Jonah 2, verses 5 and 6. 